Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Kligman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode number one of the From Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Nahum Kligman, and I am excited to have a very special guest for this very first episode, Dove Gordon. Dove has been for many years now, and he's also a champion for entrepreneurs. Dove helps consultants, experts, and small professional service firms build a steady, consistent, predictable flow of ideal clients. For several years, Dove led a CEO peer advisory group that attracted the CEOs of many leading companies with between $10 million and $150 million in annual sales. At a number of these and other companies, Dove worked side-by-side with senior management to reformulate their company strategy and or to redesign and develop the management organization. In 2010, Dove turned his attention to helping small business entrepreneurs who love what they do but are having trouble getting enough customers. He helps these owners build simple marketing and selling systems that bring in all the customers they want. Welcome to the show, Dove. You there? Welcome. Thank you. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> it's awesome for you to be here. Congratulations on your new show. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very exciting. And it's actually it's exciting to have someone like you. I mean, you are some ideal interviewer that I'd like to talk to because you are specifically, I mean, what you do every day is help entrepreneurs grow their customer base. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something you could dig into a little bit and uh, let our listeners know about. Uh, sure. What I've noticed is that most of the people I work with have uh, some kind of expertise, uh, although it could be product with um, expertise attached to it. So, But most people do not confidently talk about what they do in a way that gets the attention and interest of their ideal clients. And clients are drawn to confidence. When people can sense that you're confident about what it is you stand for, what you're talking about, and uh, you know what you're trying to lead them to, then people are drawn to that. And one of the great underminers of confidence is when people cannot talk clearly about what they do. They don't have a simple head-turning message that gets their ideal clients interested. You come across that, you talk to lots of people. Okay, so you're basically, how do you usually work with entrepreneurs? It's a consult, they'll call you, you meet with them in person? Um, most of it is uh, over the internet uh, one way or another because I live here in uh, Israel, as do you, and uh, most of my clients are anywhere from, right now we've got from Hawaii across to Australia. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so the great thing about working here is that the time zones work for you because uh, in the morning I can be on a, a group call with one client in, Aust- in Hawaii, I'm here in Israel, and another client in Australia, you know, and, and sometimes anyone in between. In the evening, we, we deal with California across through Europe. So wow, that's that. But the key thing is that, that what I help people understand is you not it's not so much about how we work with them, it's about what we help them do differently. Because your goal, people don't realize this, your goal when you're trying to attract an ideal client is – Let's say that you want to build a marketing system. That's what everybody wants, a marketing and selling system so that you can do something. You do A, you do B, you do C, and then you know that it will result in D leads and E will become clients. But it's that A, B, C that people are trying to put into place that gets people running in so many different directions and working really hard, but the work isn't adding up to the clients that they want. Here's what turns the light on for a lot of people. If you're trying to reach your ideal client have them interested in you, you have to realize that there's a series of questions that your ideal client is asking themselves. And your job in your marketing and sales is to help them answer yes to each question, to the right question in the right order. And the first question that your ideal client is asking themselves is, 
Should I pay attention to your message? Is it interesting to me? And it doesn't matter what tactic you're using. I don't care if it's Twitter or if it's a sandwich board on the corner. People get too focused on the technology. People get too caught up in Facebook and you know the shiny objects about what things can do and what everybody else is doing and what the experts, the gurus say you should be doing this. Everybody's got to be doing that. What? You're not networking? You know. Anyway, so people get so focused on the tactic and they forget that it's not about the tactic. It's about all of those tactics can work and they can all fail. So we have to understand when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? And the answer is that when it works, it's because you're helping your potential client answer yes to the first question that they have in their mind is, is what you're talking about interesting? You know, Dove, you talk about this. I think there's a mistake that many entrepreneurs make uh, in that when they're building their business, they tend to focus on what they want, what they think is good and what they want to promote and not specifically what their customers would want. So, you know, what you're talking about yes. here is, is right on, you know, is key. You know, it's not about you. It's not about what you want to do. It's about answering those questions, what the what your potential customer wants. And yeah, as you're saying, yeah, getting uh, getting their attention first is a fantastic way to do it and letting them hear that, you know, what they what it is that they want to do. I'll differentiate also between attention and interest because there's a big difference and attention is not enough. And for example, if you go into a LinkedIn group, pretty much any LinkedIn group, you see lots of people trying to get attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> lots of people, a lot of loud noise, but... I bet there are very few people who are going into LinkedIn groups and asking questions or answering questions. You, know, you see, there must be somebody out there teaching, if you want to get clients, go into a LinkedIn group and ask questions. And there must be someone else out there teaching, if you want to get clients, go into a LinkedIn group and answer questions. So you have all these people who are asking questions that never needed to be asked because they're just, you know, to make hot air. Uh, and then because they're, they're, they're trying to gain attention. Right. And there are people who are trying to, who are answering those questions because the poor souls can't tell the difference between a question that was asked for a real reason or not. And the only people who are not noticing is they're, potential clients they're each trying to reach because the potential client pokes their head in LinkedIn room, asks themselves, is this interesting? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> out of here, right? But that's because people don't understand the difference between attention and interest. A lot of things will get your attention, a loud noise, a funny joke, a tragic story. All these things will get your attention. If someone sends you a YouTube video with uh, two dogs eating with a fork and a knife, right? Did you get that one? Oh, yeah, I saw that. It was fantastic. Yeah, right. So it got your attention, but it didn't get your I, interest. I didn't see that one. There really is a, a YouTube video like that? Yeah, I'll send it to you. So, <laughs> so might get your we'll attention. Put it in the show notes for everybody to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, that will get your attention for the three or four minutes, but it's not going to get your interest. Interest is changes your path. You're interested in something, it changes your path. So, for example, in our job as business owners, as entrepreneurs, that we need to first get someone's attention and then their interest. Because if someone is heading north, they're not necessarily looking for you. If someone is heading north, they come across your AdWords ad, right? Your Facebook post, whatever it might be. And their brain asks the question, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Okay. They might pay attention for a minute, but as soon as they realize it's not interesting, they go back to where they were going. Our goal is that they bring it says, should I pay attention? Yes. Is it interesting? Oh, yes. So instead of going, they change their direction. Now they'll head east in your direction. That's the goal. The first of every marketing, because the first question anybody ever asks themselves is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Now, the good news is that there are only two things that anyone's ever interested in. And it goes to the point you were bringing up before, right? And this is something that's so simple, but most people never really live this or apply it. The only two things that you're interested in, Nahum, that I'm interested in, and that our ideal clients are interested in, is that is a problem they have and don't want and or a result they want and don't have. If you can talk to somebody about the problem they have and don't want and or a result they want and don't have, you will get not just their attention, but their interest. Because that's all anyways I'm interested in. And by a result, I mean a change. It could be they want to change something. It could be an experience they want to have. 
So or you help your clients get that message across in their marketing so that their potential customers understand that from the marketing piece, they understand specifically how you're going to help them with what they yes. need. Yes. And this is the kind of thing that's Brilliant. simple, but, but not so easy to do because uh, and yeah, you don't it see goes it against our wiring. <laughs> it goes against our, our human wiring as we're thinking about things from our perspective. Hmm. All right. Fantastic. Okay, Dave, let's uh, let our listeners hear about what the first 60 minutes of your business day looks like. So I, after Shacharis and a little learning, I go to the local uh, coffee shop and I'm there for anywhere from one to two and a half hours or so every single morning, just about. And during that time, I, I do some, uh, some studying and some reading and some writing because writing is an important part of my business and planning. And I get a cup of coffee and you know something to go with it. And I do that every single day and it just keeps me out of the office and, and focused on my, that routine of thinking and planning and writing before I get drawn into and sucked into re- reaction. So I, I like to, people ask me, hey, why are you here all the time? I was going to well, say, you, you must have been doing this for years because I remember years ago, you know, going, I, I think it was Holy Bagel or, or something. You yeah, there that, with that's your coffee. where it is. <laughs> yep, still there. Don't take my seat. <laughs> Just don't take my seat. So I go there to, to read and to write and to reflect, and then I go to the office to react and to respond. So um, it's, uh, it's very different. And, and what happens is if you're, not, uh, if you're not making time to really read and reflect and to, in my case, to write because it's an important part of what I do, then you, know, you just don't have – you'll always just be reacting and responding, and that's no way to build anything. Okay, very good. Now, what would you say is your biggest strength as an entrepreneur? I think I'm pretty good at getting to what Ralph Waldo Emerson Jr. called simplicity on the far side of complexity. It is so easy to overcomplicate things. And I'm guilty. I've just gotten pretty good at it and I'm getting better all the time. But we really have this tendency to overcomplicate things, to make things much more complicated than they need to be. Pretty good at, at really simplifying things. Uh, really, like, Just like you know, the, the concept of helping people understand that your first job as a marketer is to get the attention and interest of your ideal client. And there are only two ways to do it. By talking about a problem they have or don't want and or a result they want don't have. Kind of, it really simplifies things for people. There's more to do after that, but just helps them realize, wow, if I'm not talking about any of those two things, then I'm just creating hot air. So you basically get entrepreneurs to stay focused on really what is – get rid of the noise and just focus on what is really important. The critical 10% that makes you look brilliant 90% of the time. Beautiful. And what would you say is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? Not very good with numbers. You know, I've had to really – force myself over time to pay more attention to those things and to create routines as well where I go over the certain numbers and plan certain ways. But in my core expertise where I am good, uh, and that, this is a very common problem for service providers of all kinds, I'm, I'm a coach, consultant, with whatever you want to put on it, is that uh, for a long time I had a tendency to, to really, I take care too much, which means that when you care too much, you end up doing too much and you end up carrying the client's burden. You end up carrying the client's part of this and that doesn't work. I love, there's a great quote from Abraham Lincoln who said, the worst thing you can do for those you love is that which they could and should do for themselves. And when, you know, if you really do care about your clients, it does not mean you should do everything for them. And that type of tendency comes from a weakness. It comes from a neediness. It comes from a, a fear of losing out. And I've had to grow through that. And I think I've come a long way. Probably still more growth to do. But uh, I, I'm just mentioning it because I know it's pretty common. And, and one of the greatest places that anybody could ever get to is where you do not feel that you need any individual client or deal. And, th- and that happens to be true. No matter what someone's situation is today, it's true. And if you start living that way today, then things will change very quickly. Right. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, when you're, it's like sort of you don't want to give a crutch, you want to heal them, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you're selling a service or a coach or a consultant or a service provider, there's a limit to what you can do for them. They, they will have to play a role. And if they're not going to do their part, by you trying to compensate for whatever they're missing, you're just going to make it worse in the long run. For, for yourself and for them. 
Okay, very good. What would you say is a habit you wish you had? Well, whatever it would be is what comes to mind. It would fall under the category of, of more and more focus. So we're always trying to get more focused. And over the years, I've really learned um, that I probably spent, you know, it says in, the, in I think it's Perkyavos, right, that Ben Esrim, the, what is it, Larutz? Not Larutz. I forgot. It, basically, your 20s are for running. I think that would definitely be true. I spent my 20s running. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, in the 30s is Ben Shloshim Lekoach. So I'd like to think that um, you know, getting more and more focused and recognizing that it's not about running all the time, but you really have to stop and plan and think. And I think that's a habit that I still have. Uh, I've made a lot of progress in, but definitely looking to continue to improve. So you're still in your 30s? Yeah. Wow. Although I'm, my 40s. On, on the latter half. <laughs> I'm Just in my early 40s. <laughs> all right. Okay, so, you know, why don't you share with us something now, something that has you fired up, something that you're excited about, something, you know, you wake up in the morning, can't wait to do, something that has you uh, very passionate about it. We're really starting to, you know, it's, uh, I've developed the approaches that I've been able to successfully really work with lots of clients over the last number of years. I always used to really think that it was dependent on me, like I had to do certain things. And over the last year, I've come to understand that it's not true. So as a consequence of that, I'm now working to grow my business beyond myself. Like I've already had someone working with me for the last almost three years, mm -hmm. dealing with lots of operational things. And my wife does some work for the company, dealing with some admin things. And we've outsourced some things here and there. But what, I'm, what I've never outsourced before and I've just started to do, or not outsourced, but delegated, is some of the actual coaching and consulting. Oh, wow. And I'm training uh, the woman who's worked for me over the last few years, who really has the ability to do coach others and to do sales. So we're really ramping we're, we're moving her into these areas of responsibility which will really help create a lot of leverage for what we're doing and she's very good oh, so fantastic. that's exciting for both of us <laughs> no for sure if you could double your core business and help others you know grow in uh you know be able to bring on new clients it's a win-win for everyone yeah i think i think all entrepreneurs fall into that trap to some degree in some area it doesn't matter what you do where you think that oh i have to do this or that yeah and no, that's you always have to be pushing common. that line where it can't be just you. You have to be able to delegate that, systematize it. And once you decide you're going to do it, then you start to notice ways to do it. Right. I think there's a quote. Who was it by? Some famous basketball player. I forgot what he, I forgot what he said. He said that he is smart enough to hire those that are smarter than him mm -hmm. or something like that. You have to know what you're good at. You have to know what your core, I guess, uh, you know, techniques are and be able to, you know, give out to other people, to, to delegate, as you said, uh, to other people other parts just rent or, or to realize that you, you can't do everything. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Okay. Now, you know, as an entrepreneur and I know, you know, it's funny, everybody always hears the stories about successful entrepreneurs and it's something that we actually uh, want to highlight here, you know, in, in our uh, podcast, but I've never met an entrepreneur that just woke up, went into business and was always successful, right? There's definitely, there has to have been times in an entrepreneur's life, probably many times. I know with me, it's been many times where there's been a down round. Where thing it wasn't so exciting to get up in the day, and you know, or something didn't work out the way you wanted it to, or even you had a business failure of sorts. You know, you could talk a little bit about one of your worst entrepreneurial moments uh, and how maybe how you got back up from that. I, it's not so much a moment that comes to mind as as, as a period. You know, a, a number of years. There was there was a, a period of years where I was running around trying to find clients to help people. You know, convince them to hire me to work with me because I knew I could help them. But I, it's just like I did not understand how to convey that, how to get the message across. And it was a period of intense frustration. Maybe that's over the years, though, I've really worked at it, you know, hacked at it step by step, analyzed it, tried to understand it. 
And that's what I'm helping other people with as well because I've really had to pay the price. But it was a period of knowing you're sitting with somebody or you're talking to somebody. I know I can help this person. And you're trying to help them see it and they just don't, you just can't get through. Mm-hmm. It's not them. You know, and then, of course, you start to doubt yourself. Maybe, right. uh, maybe I'm not so good. Maybe I can't. But no, there's a big difference. There's a distinction between confidence in your core skill, your core ability to contribute to somebody else, to someone else's business, someone to their life, and confidence in your ability to uh, convey that to others, to sell yourself, to help others see that. And we need to separate that because a lot of times people lose their core comp- uh, confidence simply because they're not yet good at conveying that to others. Hmm. Okay. So basically, so you went through a down period where you didn't have that confidence in yourself, but once you're able to build yourself up, get that confidence, realize that you had what to give over to people and that you could help people, that helped you being able to convey it better to your clients and increase your client base. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's always been ups and downs, like you said. So it, it I, that's like the main period. It's, uh, you know, over, over many years, I'd probably say the first seven, eight years I've, I've went through that with the occasional, I had just enough success to stay in the game. Right. You're shown these signs, just keep at it, keep at it. Now, looking back, you know, there are so many lessons in everything and there always are. But even since then, when things have turned a corner, Still, like you have disappointments, you have setbacks, and what I've what I've learned to do and continue to learn to do is to how I interpret them. You can interpret that as you lose a client. Oh, it, it means this, that. No, it just means that it wasn't a good fit, or whatever it was, or you probably shouldn't have started working with them to begin with, uh, mm-hmm. because and you start to see that that you couldn't see before, and you learn from that. So, in many ways, I think people need to understand that you're normal. Mm-hmm. You know. People just a lot of people just think that they look around and oh that person is doing so well that person and they think there must be something wrong with them and it's really not true the only thing that's wrong with you is that you think that there's something wrong with you as soon as you realize that you're normal you can and and that there's just a, a few insights that the other people have that you still have to gain or to learn then you can get to work on on the few things that will really move you forward fantastic all right so uh, we talked about you know a down period but you know as uh, from Jews we uh, answer to a higher authority as they say. You know, obviously we have Siata Deshmaya, you know, throughout our lives. Um, it's funny, one time when I was starting one of my companies a few years ago, I had a, a discussion with Rabbi Winston and Rabbi Pinchas Winston. And I asked him, you know, how do I know I'm doing what Hashem wants me to be doing? How do I know that this is the direction Hashem wants me to go in? And he answered to me was that when you see abnormal Siata Deshmaya, you know you're doing what Hashem wants you to be doing. And uh, that's always stuck uh, through with me, and, and that's really how I gauge uh, in the projects and stuff I move forward with. And it's really, you know, I've had a tremendous amount of Siat Deshmaya. I'm sure everyone has. Why don't you share with us one of your stories of Siat Deshmaya and where you just really saw Hashem winking at you sort of thing? Again, I'm going to say it's more like a, a series of – it's that there's always something. It's There's a little bit of a sign that, that says just keep, keep going in that direction. You know, keep going. So, I mean, it could be anything. It could be finding, you know, the right employee very quickly. It could be you know, finding for myself the right person to help me, you know, I'm the right coach, right consultant, the right bit of information to train, to help me learn what I needed to learn. Uh, it could be, you know, showing up at this or that event and meeting somebody who turns out to be, you know, just the right person at the right time. It's, it's a series of things. And I, I guess you need to learn to just recognize it and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I'm not instantly thinking of any kind of massive uh, – maybe that's also important. It's just be able to see that in the day-to-day uh, more so than any kind of uh, big – You know, what you're saying is true. Like, Harsinai, you, you, know? you know. When you have – when things are consistently going correct, we tend to, you know, tend to think maybe it's us that's getting the credit and something that yes. we did. And it is actually what you're saying. It's good that 
maybe to reflect in our day, in our business day, say, hey, what siyata deshmai did I have today? How, you know, what was some divine providence that Hashem put in my way that made me more successful or that made my, uh, you know, put me in touch with somebody or, you know, because you're right, you know, if, if you keep waiting for those, uh, I guess, big siyata deshmai stories, um, you may fail to recognize the uh, the little ones, which are really not so little. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, and there's a line somewhere where, where people, I think, I do think that's a, a, a common misunderstanding when it comes to observant Jews that I, I've seen, where people think that, oh, if Hashem wants me to succeed, then, you know, this or that will happen. Like some kind of bolt from, from heaven is supposed to come. And it, it, it's really not true. I've come to understand that. That, that, type of thing, that type of thinking also held me back for a while because you think, well, you know, I mean, maybe I don't deserve it. And, and, and you, we all grow up with education about about what um, that you do this and you, and you'll get that and and so on and so forth. I'm not the right person to really go through that. But mm-hmm. I going through it for me, learning Mishlei with the album was an eye opener, right? So and you know I could share a little more of that if you want, uh, but for, because it's it's definitely relevant to this. Yeah, do you want you jump into that? So Mishlei in a number of different places, Shlomo Melach talks about the Harutz, the diligent person. And the Malbim brings a lot of Mishlei down to real day-to-day, uh, very practical things. And for example, I'll just you know, mention a couple of the places here. I'm not going to go so deep. Anyone could look at it. But in Mishlei Yud, or chapter 10, verse 4, it says here, Yad Charutzim Tashir. Rosh Osek Chafrimiyav Yad Charutzim Tashir. The person who's trying to deceive others is going to end up poor. The person who's diligent is going to become wealthy. Right, so the Malbim says, "Hacharetz who shehu hazorez b'malachta." He's zorez, he's zealous, or he's he's speedy. V'osik b'chol hayad u'bekoch. He does everything he can. He works hard. Yodo ta'ashiroso. Yodo ta'ashiroso. His hand will uh, make him wealthy. Well, now that kind of how do you fit that with you know your money is you know your income is determined your prana is determined every year in Rosh Hashanah. Oh, I'll leave that for some. I have an answer for that, uh, but maybe that's beyond what we're doing here. So there is, an, I think, there definitely is an answer to that. But the point is that people have to see or know that you absolutely could control how much you're earning. And in Parak Yud Beis, it says Yud Beis chapter twelve twenty four again Yad Harutim Timshol that the hands of the diligent will rule. Right, and again it says, "Who also malachto bali atzlos?" He's he's doing his work without laziness, but with diligence and with you know integrity, uh, without you know trying to fool anybody. And v'chol ve'eno otz lahashir pitom below yigia. He's not trying to get rich quick, says the album, explaining Shlomo Hamelach. Okay, a lot of people need to read this because <laughs> that right, like it says later on in Perakhaf Aleph. Hey, we'll jump over there. Perakhaf Aleph twenty-one uh, five. It says Machshavot Charutz Achlamosar V'Chol Otz Achlamachsar. And this is uh, you know really important. We talked about planning earlier and time management. Really important. It says here in the album at the bottom. Right? The person who's diligent is uh, he's the one who's a zaraz. We're all taught how important it is to be a zaraz, right? right? You have to be quick and do it right away. But anyway, you have to think. It's not enough to just, right? diligence is not just action, it's also thought first. Consult with other people. You shouldn't do things just kind of, you know, like without, you know, I'm not sure the prior translation, but like don't just jump into it. Think first. I'll call to Dadei Hafshar about all the possibilities. Do the more profitable thing. Even though he will end up moving more slowly at first, he'll end up gaining more. That's the idea of it's for gain, the thought. 
the thinking is for gain. The chal the the kind of the pressure uh, running, as he says in the next line, the chal shehu hadochek is a the person who's like pushed the clock. Right? Oh, we got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. It's getting late. And I, I'm not going to read everything. But right. Anyone wants to see anything on all those psukim? There's a lot well, that here. Sounds like the Malbim's giving like business, you know, straight up business advice. Absolutely, uh, it's all based on Shlomo Melech. So, so I think that, that he's a pretty it, smart guy. Yeah. Um, now that he has your endorsement, so there's <laughs> there's always you know I think that a lot of us grow up with some kind of mental religious baggage that's simply incorrect or not the full picture. And I'm certain that it holds us back. I know it held me back for many years because it did not help me understand that I can actually directly influence how much I earn. We have a lot more control than we realize. And I don't – so I just decided you know, it, that – It goes down to the question of establish, how much establish you have to put in, what type of establish. But I mean bottom line is you could be diligent and you could get advice and you could do everything you're supposed to be doing and try to build your slowly and you could still end up failing. You know, for whatever reasons, Hashem doesn't want it to work. But I think what you're saying is that if you got to like, – this is part of your style. So if you want to do a style, so you want to be Matzliach, you know, you got to put in the right proper efforts. You can't just go and jump in and do things crazily and well, hope that they'll succeed. Here's what I realized, okay? I realized two things. I don't care anybody after Shlomo Melech who came up with what who says whatever they say. I'm not here to argue with anybody. Or to, but, but there's one thing I know is true, and this is in Torah Shebichsav, yeah. right? And the Malbim tells me, elaborates a little bit, enough for me. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. And the bottom line is that what I do will affect my results. Bottom line, what I do will affect my results. It doesn't mean that there aren't other forces at play. But what I realize is I can hardly do earthly accounting. Who am I to try to do heavenly accounting? <laughs> How am I supposed to know right. where I really stand at any given moment? I think that's the Sahara. It's like for me to think that, oh, because I did this or I did that thing wrong or I, should, you know, I, I fell short here or there, so therefore I'm going to be punished. Who do I know? That's the Sahara. I don't know what's you know what, that, going that on. That topic can be a whole other you know, podcast. I mean, we'll have you back in a, in a few weeks to <laughs> go right. into that you know, further. But that's true. I mean, that is something that holds a lot of people back in business. If they had a failure or something, they may say, Forget it. It must have been because of this Avera I did or that Avera. I didn't dive in hard enough or Hashem didn't forgive me or this or that. I think, you know, as from Jews, that does hold a lot of us back a lot of times from moving forward. It, it does definitely take away our confidence when we see things that don't work out the way that we think they should or, or whatever. We but add I, meaning you know, that we don't have evidence for. That's all. We just add meaning to an event that we don't have proof for. Mm-hmm. And it stops. And, and what happens is we end up not taking actions that are right in front of us. Right. And therefore, we lose opportunities because we worry about what will be later, what will be later. Right. Somewhere else here also, um, there's uh, one of these uh, – all right, are you, trying to, are you trying to slow me down, wrap me up? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I can keep going. It's just – Okay, because there's – uh, I appreciate your time that you're giving us today. I don't know what time limit we have here, but there's another one here about uh, – That's the beauty of podcasting. That there is no time limit. We can, uh, we okay. can go on for three Come hours if you break, want. Yeah. Dag um, parak yud beis pasik chafei. Daga belev ish – uh, Yishchena or Yishchena Yashchena is going to destroy him I haven't seen this in a while like I, I, I studied this a number of years ago but I brought this up for our conversation it's the first uh, from podcast I'm being interviewed on so uh, <laughs> but it also talk about worry and see the album over there as well I'm not going to go through it now but like people go read it go learn through Mishle with the album for practical day-to-day advice okay Fantastic. and on, on my website which is dovegordon.net there's an article called I forgot what it's called, but if you search for Dove Gordon, D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N. I'll link to it in the uh, show notes. So okay, and to Total to. Focus, there's three things that anyone ever has to know, and it connects directly to what you're talking about. There's only three things that you have to know at any given time. Number one, you need to know your, your end result. Where do you want to end up? What kind of business do you want to have? 
What will it do for you? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? What kind of, what does that look like? Kind of get that end result clear to a degree. It doesn't have to be perfectly clear. Nobody will ever know perfectly where exactly, but certain criteria. I want to be earning this amount. I want to be doing this kind of work. I want to have this, you know, working not more than these number of hours and so on and so forth. I don't want to be doing this kind of thing. I want to have this kind of team. Get those things clear. Most people have, are really unclear about that. And we're not going to go into that. It's another conversation as well. Right. The second thing you have to know is your very next step. You just have to know the very next step. The next step, which could be as small as, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to email this person and say, hey, you know, I don't know what to do. You have any ideas or can you talk to me? Or, can you think of, or make a phone call. Or I should call. It's the very next step. What happens is we get stuck because we're worrying about, well, I know I could take that next small step. But what will I do if it's step two, step three, step four? What will I do then? How will I handle that? Now, that is a case where that's, that's you trying to do God's work. And that's a big mistake that we make. We're not doing what's right in front of us, which is our job, because we're worried about the outcomes, which is God's work. We can't control the outcomes. Right. So again, this, it just fits very well with Michele and the Malbim. And the third thing we need to know is how do you want to be as a person? So you get that picture, first thing is how do you uh, get a picture of the person you want to be? How do you want to be? Now watch that person. If you want to be running a billion dollar corporation, right? And, and today you're kind of having trouble making the bills, right? So see that person because how does that person handle stress? How does that person handle um, difficult conversations? How does that person balance family and, and business? How, watch that person in your mind. Just kind and of We're going to interview billionaires to get those answers. Okay. I'll listen. Hopefully. <laughs> but, I, but I think that most of us can kind of imagine that, right? Or it doesn't have to like, where do you want to be? Just see their own picture where they want to be. Right. And how do, I need to, how do I need to be as a person to naturally fit in that picture and then start being that way today? Those, if, you know, if, if a person is clear on those three things, your ultimate destination, your very next small step, and how you want to be as a person to, in order to fit in that picture, uh, you don't have to know anything else. Everything else is out of our control. That's the kind of thing that we leave, you know, that's the heavenly accounting that we can't see, we can't control. Don't know anything about it. But what I do know is I can know the answers to those three things right now in the moment, and that's my responsibility. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is gold. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, you know what? We're going to just do a couple quick questions where the answers will be 30 seconds or less. We're going to get a uh, tzedakah plug from you, which is something we're going to do with all our interviewees that they get to plug a uh, tzedakah organization. But first, so that's just 30 seconds or less. What is the best advice you've ever received? Focus on, on mastery. Don't try to do everything and don't try to become good at everything. See where you're strong and build your business around your strengths, whatever it is that you do. And ma focus on mastering it because mastery is something that few people ever really get to. And, and they pulled in too many different directions instead of mastering a few things that can make a big difference. Okay, fantastic. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I'd say it goes back to what we talked about earlier, the planning every day where I spend some time planning. I used to think right. planning was a waste of time. I now understand that you can probably plan up to half your time and it's not a waste. Well, I don't even think people know how to plan. <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs, yeah, I think they just wake true. up and they go, they answer their emails and they make phone calls and they do this, they do that. But I don't think, again, it's a, <laughs> we could talk for hours, maybe set up another podcast just about planning, but you're saying that that's an important part of your business day. Yes, we can definitely have another long conversation about that, but I'll just throw out one bit here. Most people are looking to change something. And the problem is that if the change you want is not clearer than the path that you're on, you're going to stay on the path that you're on. And if the change that you want, you look at that picture, where do you ultimately want to end up? Is it a place where you're much more planned out, more structured, systematic? Then your very next step is like, okay, I need to take a step in that direction because the person I need to be, going back to those three points, is somebody who is more planned out. And now where can I become more uh, of a planner, right? How can I learn that? And just take that Is that next something step you help direction. people do as part of your consulting? It's something that we do not for planning for its own sake, but insofar as building a consistent flow of ideal clients. So there's a part of that. There, it's subservient 
to the goal. Or the goal mm-hmm. is the ideal clients and or a consistent flow of clients. And the planning is is well, okay, what's the process? What's the system that we're going to put into place, and what does that look like? Okay. Now, share a resource like Evernote or uh, any other type of program or something that you use that can be beneficial to our listeners. So I do like Evernote. I use it all the time. A few months back, I started using Rike for project management, W-R-I-K-E.com, W-R-I-K-E.com. Uh, and that I found to be a very good use. It's, that's also the kind of thing that you have to either be handed a process or uh, kind of figure it out along the way or a combination of them, which is what worked for me. And that really helps you keep focused on your priorities and your next steps and together with your team if you're working with a team. Okay, we're going to check that out. Again, these links will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to, you don't have to stop the car and pull over. You'll be able to access them later. What book would you recommend to our listeners and why? I'd recommend Michelet. Definitely recommend Michelet. <laughs> and I'd recommend a book by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way. Because once again, as I said earlier, so many people think that, oh, there must be something wrong with me. All those other people, they have this, they have that. This book really helps you see that all those other people who you think have something you don't have, no, they had the same frustrations and challenges that you have, but the way they viewed it, the way they thought about it, and therefore what they did about it was completely different. And The Obstacle is the Way is a really short and excellent book. I think it should be required reading in every high school. That was great. Okay, we're going to end up now with our last part of the show, and that is a tzedakah or charity you support, that you're pro. What is it? Why is it important to you? And then we'll wrap up. Well, I'm sure there's somebody out there who really wants to have a, a shul building with <laughs> uh, the name dedicated to someone who is near and dear to them in Eretz Israel, in Ramat Beit Shemesh. And uh, our shul is really trying to put up a building now. We finally got all the permits and so on, and now it's time to really buckle down. And the shul is Kilat Shifte Yeshurin, which is mostly Anglos, Chutznikim, from around the world. Uh, the Rav is Rabbi Yaakov Haber, who is pretty well known in many circles as well. He was uh, in Muncie for many years in Australia. Anyway, so ksy.org.il or building.ksy.org.il. And people can go there and make their dedications to uh, the From Entrepreneur podcast <laughs> in the name of the From Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dovi. I'm also a huge fan of KSY, Rav Haber. You know, just a little plug for the shul. It's one of these absolutely fantastic minyonim. They just go and there's all different types of Jews davening together. Kippas Rugas and black hats and black yarmulkes. And and nobody is judged by the way they look. Everybody comes together as a community. And, you know, Rav Haber, I could go on for an hour just talking about Rav Haber and how fantastic he is. But the show's got to end. So uh, you should interview him. I definitely will. It's definitely in the plan. He has a book publishing business. I <laughs> definitely know about that as well. You're going to make me uh, talk about my book, but uh, that's being published to them. But we're going to wait on that. Anyway, Dove, thank you so much for taking your precious time and sharing with us and spending with us. And, you know, I'll send this out as soon as it's ready. And thank you again for being part of the From Entrepreneur. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care, Dove. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliach.